And welcome you on in to another episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show, along with Mitch Spinell. He is Mitchell Bala. Mitch, it's great to be back here to talk about another week of uh, high school, collegiate, and professional sports action. We had a lot to talk about this week. I'm once again here, uh, excited to be joined by you, and uh, we have a lot of things to talk about here. We sure do, Mitch. Not only do we have a lot of things to talk about, we got a couple surprises for our audience out there that tune in to us to listen to the Big Time Sports Podcast show. Uh, really excited to air a couple interviews we conducted, you know, the first interviews we've done for this show. And uh, man, not only that, high school football, Mitch, is officially back starting this week. Absolutely. It is week one for many teams starting off on either Thursday or Friday this week. So we'll be covering those very, very soon. For now, we want to let you guys know that you can listen to the podcast on many streaming platforms, including Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. We now have uh, a segment or a segment of our show on Apple Podcasts, so you can listen to it there. You can also watch the show, obviously. If you're watching it, you're probably watching it on Spotify or YouTube, our YouTube channel, the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. We also You also have a website, BigTimeSportsOhio.com, and of course, you can find us on Facebook wherever you can find it. So we want to start off segment one by reacting to a game that happened this past Friday, a game that didn't count officially, but it counted for many other factors in that we wanted to see what would become of the Cleveland Browns in their opening preseason contest with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the big story, obviously, is that it is the first time in over 560 days that Deshaun Watson has stepped on a competitive football field. Now, Mitch, you watched the game, I'm sure, on Friday, and I was in the city, you know, covering stuff as well. And it was an interesting contest in which the Browns were able to win 24 to 13. And uh, for the first, I would say, quarter and a half, I don't know if you were like me, where everyone around you that you saw, whether it be in real life or be on, you know, some sort of social network, was panicking because it seemed like the Cleveland Browns offense was just not going well in their first couple of drives. And Watson especially had uh, some things to kind of deal with, obviously getting back on the field for the first time, a couple of missed plays, and then the sort of sordid reaction from opposing fans and probably some others outside of Jacksonville Stadium. So I want to get your take on where Watson was at the start, because I have another point in a bit uh, regarding to off-the-field stuff with him not the stuff that's been covered all off season, but the, that was happening right before the game's opening kickoff. Correct. And, and so how many days again, was it you said since he last played? I believe it was what 563 days. All I right. have to make sure of that we'll, we'll go with that for now, but uh, Mitch, it looked all of 563 plus days since he last touched a football. Um, and, and it's expected, right? Nobody can go away from their job that long. I mean, Mitch, I think you and I and most people in the audience agree, even after you take a week-long vacation for work, it's hard to get back in your rhythm. So now you're talking about a professional quarterback with people coming after you on the field, obviously, it's strictly football I'm talking about, people coming after you on an opposing team wanting to sack you, hit you, or intercept your your throws, and he was off target. Granted, he had two that he delivered to somebody's uh, chest and hit him in the hands and it dropped, and I'm sure we're going to touch on that player here later, but you want to talk about a whirlwind of emotions, Mitch, not only, and what I told my friends, did we get teased a little bit because we know we're not going to see Deshaun Watson for at least six games this season could be more. We'll have to wait and find out that news could drop by the time you listen to this podcast, wherever you may listen to, or maybe we come back on, on Thursday and we still don't know yet, but 
he finally apologized. I don't know if a lot of people realize that because people were so ready for football. And maybe that's where you're going to talk about that, so I won't touch on that anymore. Your second snap, you want to talk about the Browns as the Browns. You lose your starting center for the year. You have a third-round pick last year in your wide receiver, Anthony Schwartz, who is just abysmal. And I'm extremely confident in saying this is Andrew Barry's first miss as a general manager through the draft. But whirlwind of emotions and – for somebody that thought we could get teased and what happens if Deshaun comes out and goes on two drives at scores, I would have been very upset knowing we won't see that. Still wish that was our quarterback moving forward to open up week one in Carolina on September 11th. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's a lot of overre- like overreactions, immediate reactions to the stuff you were saying. And uh, you did get to the point that uh, Watson, in an interview that was conducted by Cleveland's Channel 5 News uh, prior to Friday night's kickoff, I believe it was with Aditi Kinkabwala. Uh, now he's uh, he kind of, he was, I want to make sure I get the right quote here, uh, at least one of the quotes as well. Uh, he's like, well, first of all, one of the things is, quote, I know I have a lot of work to put in, especially on the field, and to be able to make sure I'm ready to play whenever that time comes whenever I can step back on the field. But also the biggest thing is I want to continue counseling and I want to make sure that I'm growing as a person, as an individual for my decision-making on and off the field. I want to make sure that I'm just evolving in the community as much as possible. And that is for the Cleveland community. That is the NFL community and beyond, unquote. Look, that when you see when you hear the words Deshaun Watson apologize to the women, there is a lot of takes that immediately go to he apologized to the women. What did he apologize for? Well, that's the thing that everybody's been assuming that he's been doing for the last uh, uh, 12, 15, 18 months now. And, you know, it's definitely to me a play of damage control in the sense that when you're getting back on the field for the first time, you, you maybe want to try and soften the blow of what's going to be coming because this is going to be a, a yearly, not a yearly, but like a year long thing for the Browns, especially in opposing arenas in uh, just kind of the general sense, because a lot of people are still unhappy that this guy is not only still able to play in a preseason opener and pot potentially later on in the season, but that he's employed at all by an, an NFL franchise because of the alleged actions. We have to make sure we, you know, for legal reasons, uh, say that but I don't know it was kind of tricky and it made me kind of think like is this where the Browns are right now and, and and on the field stuff aside is this where the Browns are now where we kind of have to take the brunt of we traded for this guy we gave him the highest paying contract and now you kind of have to sup to take in the consequences that some people are just not happy about it you're, say ab- the least. you're absolutely right and it, it was very hard for me which is shocking right because here's the thing we don't know what happened when he was in Houston, Texas. And anybody that's going to act that has never been there or was not in those rooms, they don't know either. And that's the hard part, right? This is all accusations that were never taken to court, right? At the same time, though, you think... Not yet, at least. Not yet, at least. Correct. Not yet, at least. You think back to his introductory introductory press conference in March, where he said he did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Sue jo- Sue, or Judge Sue Robinson's report where she said he showed no remorse. This is something that a lot of people have said, Mitch, whether you think he did or not, he had not been remorseful, but at the same time, some people said, why should he be? He didn't do anything wrong, you know, with what Deshaun had said. It it was kind of awkward for me, in my opinion, especially Mm -hmm. seeing it happen right before they left the team hotel for their first preseason game. And for the first game, Deshaun Watson was going to participate in over 563 days. Um, And especially after he's told you over and over, he's never did anything wrong. He has never hurt any woman. 
And so it was just kind of awkward in my opinion. I'm glad he's finally out there saying it, but is he being forced to say it? And cause I, in my opinion, that's just a completely different thing. And it's my opinion. I'm not stating a fact here at all. I think that, you know, maybe you had the report come out that said Deshaun Watson's camp would settle for eight game suspension, a $5 million fine. Did he apologize because he thought maybe the NFL would come down on that? We will never know. And so I'm happy he did finally apologize. Um, there are people who say, you know, too late. In my opinion, no, it's not too late because here everybody's deserving of a second chance. You've seen it with numerous players across numerous sports and professions outside of sports. But we still have to play the waiting game. I'm not going to sit here and guess and tell you, oh, that's going to lead to this. Or, you know, because he did this, he's not getting a full year. I don't know, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I do know because I don't want to give fans false hope. Right, yeah, it's just, uh, it's tricky. And I do have the other quote in which he apologized uh, for what he said. He said, quote, I want to say I'm truly sorry to all the women that I have impacted in this situation, unquote. That, and, and you can find the the interview, I'm sure, on, any, on multiple video platforms. Yes. It's it's a really tricky gray area. And, and, and even then, people would probably say, what gray area is there? He's, you know, apologizing for what was considered – uh, in the report you mentioned, Robinson uh, conduct concluded he violated the personal conduct policy with "quote unquote" egregious and predatory behavior. Those were two; the, those are the two uh, descriptive uh, terms. And the lack of expressed remorse—it's it, really tricky now. And again, all the Browns can do at this point is just kind of put their heads down, try to drudge forward through all this, and you have to win football games now because. If you don't, if this is all for naught, it's going to be really hard to get back a portion of the fan base that decided to kind of give up on the Browns because of the sort of action that they are taking in order to try and win more games. You're right. You're 100 percent right. And my whole thing is, and we've seen this before in the NFL, everything passes over time. Everything. And I'm not trying to downplay the situation yeah. whatsoever. That's not my goal of this whatsoever. But already, and, and I kind of found it funny. When the Browns made this trade, they tore the fan, fan base, you know, whether you want to say 50%, 75%, 25%, that's up for your own interpretation. And there were fans that say that they would never watch again. Those same people, though, were already watching that first preseason game. And, and, yeah. and what's even more ironic is the fact that Deshaun Watson was the quarterback to open up that preseason game. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're talking about from when this trade happened during March Madness, that introductory press conference in late March, maybe early April, I can't remember the date, all the way till now as we're recording this on August 14th and this game took place on August 12th, some people are already back to watching the Browns. So everything's going yeah. to pass over time. Two years down the later, when he's throwing touchdowns, hopefully throwing touchdowns for our team and leading us on game when he drives and hopefully taking us to the promised land in what's going to be a Super Bowl title, a lot of people will forget that. And that's just over time. A lot of people forget the situations that happen with other professional athletes across all other leagues, specifically somebody that got a second chance in Michael Vick, right? He, he committed a huge crime. He was in jail and he came back and signed a hundred million dollar contract and was playing quarterback for a team in the national football league for a few years. And a lot of people forgot about that. Sure. Well, to be fair in that case, that was a, uh, Vic didn't get an immediate contract out not, of right, not, prison, right, but he had, no. to, he had to work back for it. I don't. I was about to say. I'm surprised if it was that much. Hundred million dollars back in 2011, 13, 12, was, maybe. Yeah, it's, it was. It was up there. Let's put it up there. Well, I want to get away from the Watson thing just for a brief moment because we do have to go to our next segment. But I want to kind of just talk about the game in general. 
Yeah. As far as it goes, the offense didn't really have a lot besides a backup quarterback, backup, backup quarterback, Joshua Dobbs, who actually had a pretty solid night, 10 yeah. of 13, 108 yards. They didn't play Jacoby Brissett. They dressed him. They didn't play him, which I understand because you want to get most of his first team reps in camp when he's not at risk for a potential injury. And then you're losing two quarterbacks potentially to uh, uh, start off the year. Um, as far as it goes, a lot of the rookies I really liked. I think yeah. that Jerome Ford could actually be a very solid third back if Desha- if uh, uh, John if uh, what's his name? I'm Dearness, losing up. Uh, Dearness Johnson. Dearness Johnson. Excuse me. Thank you. Dearness Johnson just. Um, the fumble wasn't a good look right. the other night, but it, it, that's it's one game. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. First and he's, time getting hit. Who knows, and who knows if uh, he's going to go off in free agency at some point or if uh, the Kareem Hunt situation turns into anything else, which I'm not sure of as of now. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, MJ Emerson had the great yep. pick six right before halftime. That was good. I like the energy that was coming from them, and they were actually able to make a few key stops when the offense just did not look like it was going at all under Watson, who I have the stat here, one of five for – Seven yards. He had a seven, a brief seven-yard pass. You mentioned he his second pass of the game. Well, his first pass of the game, obviously, was uh, he sailed over yeah. the receiver. And everyone's like, if Baker made that pass, everyone would be ripping into shreds. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, we would have. Yeah, we had. So what? And I'm not going to lie, Mitch. We did, I, def- I definitely we made did a multiple times. Yeah. So, it's not here nor there. Um, <laughs> But the second pass was just a flat-out drop to Schwartz, and Schwartz had a couple of uh, drops there. And uh, I, I don't know. This is going to be a make-or-break year for Schwartz, in my opinion, especially when you get guys like David Bell in and kind of emphasize the wide receiver position in the draft. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to become the Browns. Again, they have two more preseason games, and then, of course, we have the uh, September 11th opener in Carolina against Baker Mayfield and company. So when we come on back, we'll get more into uh, uh, sports discussion and also – we want to take a quick pause. We have a special uh, interview lined up for you in one of the uh, area's high school football coaches that is going to be opening this week, uh, both his season and another local schools. We'll get to that right after this. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget, guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin-on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrand Young & Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partnered with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Van Nostrand Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world, get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac, Toyota, that's what you get. 
we consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. And we're back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch Spinell, Mitchell Bala, and we are going to take a quick break here as we had a special interview this past week. We sat down with the very first guest here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show, and we were very lucky and happy to have him. He is Coach A.J. Sarbaugh of Fairless High School's varsity football team. The Falcons open up this week against the Sandy Valley Cardinals, and we had a sit-down with Coach. Let's take a look at that. Now, Coach, thank you so much for joining us, taking the time out of what I'm sure is your busy schedule and uh, uh, talking to us. I'm looking into your guys' season so far, and you guys, obviously, we mentioned before, uh, Division Five, Region 17, you made the guy the postseason last year, ended up playing Poland in the first round this past season, and you returned many players, 18 lettermen, in fact, multiple two-way guys how are you leaning on your returning lettermen to potentially lead this team when it hopes to be another successful campaign? Um, I think that's the thing that's different about being at a small school is that these seniors, uh, they've been with us since they were freshmen. Um, so their freshman year, we were four and six. We were starting to turn things around and then six and three. And obviously last year we had the really good season at nine and one and win the league. So those guys have seen what it takes to be successful um, and they've been great leaders since January in the weight room, conditioning, camp days, two-a-days, because um, they've seen the difference. They know what it's like to have a losing season. They also know what it's like to have a great season. So our seniors have seen a lot. They've played a lot, and we're relying on them heavily to set the tone and set the expectation, and they're doing a really good job bringing our freshmen and sophomores along. Now, Coach, you mentioned the word in that answer, expectations, right? We just mentioned you're returning 18 Letterman, multiple two-way players who you've had since they were freshmen. Uh, And, you know, you've conducted interviews already this preseason. Something I want to talk about is the players that have told you and other media members around the area that, you know, they have their sights set high. They want to go for back-to-back Pac-7 titles, which you won your first Pac-7 title last year for the first time in 42 seasons. And... Another goal they have is they want to win a home playoff game for what, to my knowledge, would be the first time in program history, as well as stringing together three straight winning seasons, which would be the second time in school history. Last time that happened was 1978, 79, 80. How do you tame those expectations, though, right? Because, listen, high school football, it's a weekly grind. You only have 10 games in that schedule. But how do you kind of monitor those expectations and make sure your players are ready to go every week, starting week one with Sandy Valley, and so they don't get too far ahead of themselves. I think that's a great question, and obviously we've got to keep a level head. We tell our kids to stay where your feet are. Um, and in the off season, I, that's something we talk about. Like that's the weight room's hard. It's a grind, and you don't play for a while. So we talk to our kids. You've still got a lot of things that haven't been done before. Like you said, three winning seasons in a row in 65 years of Fairless football has only happened once. And these guys have a chance to do that. We've never won a home playoff game. We could host three home playoff games and a chance to win another league title. Um, And these seniors could walk out of here with the most wins in a four-year span. And in the offseason, I challenge our guys. I I let them know that those are out there. And that's what's exciting right now about building the program is that there are things out there that we haven't accomplished or they can't accomplish and set this program even higher. But 
once we get into July and August, it's all about us. Like you said, it's a grind. And we just talk about fearless football and how we can get better because everybody we play is really good and they're all well coached. And you can't think about that stuff. We tell our kids, you've got a preseason, you've got your non-league, you've got your league. And then week 10 is a season in its own. So we try to break the season up like that. But like you said, every day we have to get better. We have to focus on ourselves. And at the end of the year, hopefully we're checking off some boxes for some of those goals that you mentioned. Well, Coach, uh, seeing what you guys were able to do last year, you return a lot of your uh, top offensive performers. We had mentioned junior quarterback uh, Carson Colucci returning uh, over 1,700 passing yards, 22 touchdowns last year. Uh, you had some all-Ohio wide receivers in Brody Pumnio who had 10 scores, uh, I believe just under 800 receiving yards and uh, 48 catches. And you also had Luke Yoder coming back as well. What do you think we can expect from the Falcons passing attack this season? Is it going to be a little more integration uh, in the air? Is it going to be more of the same? And what are you expecting out of your guys? Um, we'll be pretty similar. You know, we, we still want to run the ball, too. You know, we've got all five starting linemen back, and we think we've got a pretty good running back in Peter Tilly, a sophomore, and Anthony Sutler, a sophomore. And, and, and our belief is that you have to be able to run to throw and throw to run. So obviously, everybody's talking about Carson Clucci as they should be. He had a great sophomore year. Brody Pumio was outstanding, and you mentioned his stats. He almost broke a few school records, but got hurt against Tuffball, really didn't play the last two games. And Luke Yoder really came on. Both those guys placed at the state track meet, and uh, we're expecting big things out of them catching the ball. But uh, we think that our O-line is pretty good, and we still want to run the football, and if you can't run the football and you can't pass the catch with those guys up front, it doesn't matter what your skill is. Um, so really it starts up front for us, but those three guys you mentioned, Carson, Brody, and Luke are really good. And Gavin Conley and Andy Gill and Landon, Phil, Landon Field have also had a good camp for us catching the ball. So we, if you look at our stats over the years, we like to try to spread the ball around and uh, you know get everybody involved. I think it makes us harder to defend. Now, Coach, you said you like to run the ball to set up the pass and pass the ball to set up the run. Uh, one thing you guys do lose off that 2021 team is, you know, all-around player that made plays for you offensively, and especially special teams. I remember being out there against Tusla last year. Uh, you guys lose running back Hunter Campbell. Now, you mentioned the two sophomore running backs you come you have going into the season. Kind of touch on what did those guys get to learn from Hunter last year? And then have you talked to them about, you know, Hunter was – Legit, right? We know how big of a part of the offense he was, but not having to really fill those shoes, right? You have two guys coming in, both sophomores. I'm not saying you guys are going to go running back by committee, but just talk about the sophomores being able to look at at a running back last last season who really did it all. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of it. And when you start to win and you start to have success, you have kids in middle school, you have kids in youth, you have those younger kids on the team that look up to that guy that's really good. You know, and they want to be like that guy and they want to continue to grow the program and they want to be the person that people are talking about. Um, and I think that's what Peter and Anthony, you know, not that anyone's ever going to forget Hunter Campbell, but they want people to talk about them. And they've worked incredibly hard in the weight room in the off season. And Hunter was a very, very special talent. Um, but something Larry Karras told me a long time ago was, you know, those guys that played last year, Brody, Luke, and Carson, should be better than what they were last year. They're a year older. They're a year stronger. So Peter and Anthony don't have to be Hunter Campbell. They just have to be Peter Tilly and Anthony Sutler. 
But those other guys that played last year should be better than what they were, and that'll give us a chance to be successful. Well, Coach, obviously uh, this coming week you guys take on uh, a pretty local opponent in uh, the Sandy Valley Cardinals to open the season. How much emphasis do you typically put on the season opener for your teams, especially when you consider uh, an opponent like Sandy Valley, an IVC foe, to start off the year? Yeah, it's just a great opportunity for our kids. We started playing this game in 2017 on a Thursday. Um, Sandy Valley used to be in the pack. So start counting Thursday night, opening the season. Our kids play each other in youth football. They know each other now with all the social media. We're kind of the spotlight. Coach Gamble does a great job. They've got a really, really good football program. And, you know, I just want our kids to go out and have fun because playing football in high school, especially start counting, is really, really special. And I don't think there's any better way to start the season off. So I really just don't want to put any pressure on them. I just want them to go play and have fun. This is their reward for all the lifting that they've done, all the conditioning, all the camps this summer. And just go let it loose and play as hard as you possibly can. Fearless head coach A.J. Sarbaugh is our guest here, courtesy of the Big Time Sports Hotline. Coach, staying football but also a little closer to family, What's it like to coach at Fairless after you had been there, you know, watching your dad coach? I do believe he coached there for a few years. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, my dad was head football and head wrestling 95 to 97, and or he left in the spring of 98. Um, then he went to Hoover, coached wrestling and football, coached baseball, and obviously that's where I went. But um, Fairless is a great place to be. We've got some really, really good people there. Our administration is awesome. And, um, always believed Fairless could be a winner. We haven't sustained success yet. We've had a couple winning seasons, but we're trending in the right direction. Um, and the people down there, the community, the kids, they want to win. We're doing the right things, I think, to win and be successful over time. So to see where we were in 2018, to see where we are now, besides the wins and losses, but the off-season program, the fundraisers, the youth football, people coming out and supporting the things that we do uh, with our lift-a-thon and our community night, our alumni night. Um, it's, it's just amazing to see how far we've come and where we are in terms of being a football town and people getting excited for football. Well, Coach, uh, we want to get you out of here with uh, this question. Uh, we've learned, and I got in our notes here, that you might be a master at a uh, Sports trivia, and apparently so good that the school media class at Fairless and their students came up with their own sort of like game show in which some of the students or the staff faced off against you. And we've learned that it's called uh, Stump the Sar, very similar to the ESPN show from a few years back. Now, the questions for you is, have you lost a match yet? And what sport do you find yourself being the most masterful at in stumping all the students and the staff? <laughs> yeah, so I have not lost yet. Um the kids call me Coach Sarbs, and so the show they're going to do allegedly this fall is Stump the Sarb. We actually haven't done the show yet. They just did a couple questions last year to see if we're going to do it. Um, I'm a high school football junkie. Like we had the high school coaches preview last night, and I was getting interviewed by Stark Media, and me and Sam Berkwin and TJ Downing and Spider Miller talking about Stark County football and teams going back to the 70s and the 80s. So. Um, I've just grown up around the game. I love high school football. I love Stark County sports in general. I try to follow everything. I think we're in a 
great place and a great area. And obviously you guys are a part of that with the coverage that you give. So I try to follow everything from big school to small school and fall sport to winter to spring. So I just, I love high school sports. I don't think there's anything better than going out there and playing for your school and your community with your buddies. Well, coach, we'll have to reconvene to see if, you know, your undefeated streak holds up <laughs> after, after the football season and, you know, hopefully talk about some major postseason success. But, uh, you know, my last question for you, and this is, I, I know everybody at Fairless is aware of this and I got to witness it last fall, the ring of fire dance, go ahead and, and explain to our listeners, you know, what that is. And if they do come out to Fairless and watch a home playoff game or watch a home game in general, uh, what they can expect to see uh, at midfield. Yeah, so um, we do a talent show every year during two-a-days. The kids have fun with it. And it started in 2019 where we had some kids drive down our hill and they were playing Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. And three or four of them came out and started dancing to it. And the kids said, hey, when we win our first game on the turf, can we do Ring of Fire? And we said, yeah, sure. That's So, you know, that's what we talked about. And we got our first win on the turf and we do ring a fire. And I don't even know if anyone picked up on it or anything. And then the COVID year happened. So we still did ring a fire, but it was just the football team and the band stood off to the side. Um, and then last year I give credit to our captains and our seniors at the school pep rally before Sandy Valley. They asked if we win tonight, when we do ring a fire, can we invite the student section down? I said, absolutely. So that's how that took off. Um, we're one big family at Fairless. And, you know, like I said, teaching at a small school is a really cool opportunity. And I've got kids that might not go to football games, or they wouldn't have, but because of the ring of fire, they're asking me in school, hey, Coach Starbar, are we going to win? I, I just want to get out of the field with everybody. So uh, we've got students from first grade on up, the band, the cheerleaders, the football team, we get a big circle and, uh, if we win, if we're fortunate enough, we play Ring of Fire, and then they get one big break, everybody. And I think the coolest thing, Mitch, you saw it. We had some people go on the other side. No one from the homestands leaves. Right. No one goes anywhere. They all stay to watch it, and they started videotaping not only the Ring of Fire, but the crowd that stays on the home side. So we've got a lot of really good things going on in Fairless, Ohio. The community's coming together, the support. We've got a brand-new high school. It's going to open up here at the end of January, early February. Um, and we're just, we're really fortunate right now. Things are really going in a positive direction for us. Well, coach, one last thing. I know I keep saying one last thing my last two times, but look, <laughs> looking over your, I promise this is the last thing. Uh, You're looking, good. <laughs> looking over your 2022 season schedule and, and, you know, football in Ohio in general, whether it's high school, college, professional, heck, you even have people that salivate over the JV and middle school football Go ahead and just talk about your schedule this this upcoming season in 2022. You open at Sandy Valley, which is going to be a really uh, great game to kick off the high school football season on Thursday, the 18th of August. But after that, you guys play two more at home. Then you travel on the road to Northwest. Orville's in there. Cuyahoga Valley Christian Academy. Just for the folks that aren't aware of the conference you're in, what type of talent and you know how excited and how hard are these games going to be this upcoming season for your uh, your team? Yeah, it's going to be a bear, um, and that's how you want it. That's how it should be, and I think you touched on it. Sandy Valley is a great opener for us. They've been very solid. Uh, then we play Tuskegee Valley at home, who's up to 40 kids, and I, coach, I think Coach Dickerhoof does a really good job, and 
then Claymont's coming to town, and it sounds like their numbers are up, and they expect to be better. And then we go on the road and play Northwest. Sean DeMarco, who I've got a ton of respect for, they're always huge up front. They've got great size and good athletes. Uh, we come home to play Orville. Once again, another school with some really good athletes and a rich tradition. Go on the road to play CBCA, who has some very good players. Uh, they're running back linebacker Snyder with a state camp in wrestling two years ago. Um, he's a really tough kid to tackle and bring down. And then we, week seven, we're at home against Canton South, who obviously everyone knows about Coach Denison and Poochie Snyder and mm-hmm. what they're bringing into the league. So they're going to be really good. And then we go to Manchester on grass, which is a really tough place to play. Skyway comes our place with Zach Miller at quarterback, and he's been a three, four-year starter, just a really good competitor, three-sport guy. And as long as they have him, they'll always have a chance to win every game. And then we go to Tuswell Week 10 and play for the Blue Cup, and I think Coach Dolan does a really good job, and we'll be on grass over there. So every week is a challenge. Um, every team we play has guys. I think every coach we go against does a really good job. So there are no weeks off for us, and it'll be a challenge going on the road this year quite a bit, and um, now we're the hunted. You know, it's a totally different situation than last year where we hadn't won a league title and we finished second the year before. Um, everyone, you know, what are you doing to knock off Fairless now? The roles are reversed, so we're going to have to handle that and hopefully our seniors do a good job with that. Well, Coach, uh, once again, we thank you so much for uh, taking the time and best of luck to you this upcoming season here at Fairless. Thanks for having me on, and thank you for all you guys do for high school sports. It's awesome. No problem. Thank you, Coach. And it was great to sit down with Coach Sarbaugh and uh, a lot of great things potentially for the Falcons this year as we head into uh, this week's opener against Sandy Valley. Now, when we come back, uh, we'll be going more over the high school football season, and we'll also have another special sit-down that we had earlier this week with another local high school coach. Uh, But in the meantime, here's a word from our sponsors. Buying a home has never been so affordable with record low interest rates. Hartzler's Quality Housing is ready to put over 40 years of experience to work for you. Family owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's has a wide selection of model homes on site with a knowledgeable team to help make your new home a reality. Open six days a week, visit them off I-77 in Dover or online at Hartzler's.com. Hartzler's Quality Housing. Quality from start to finish. You asked for it and we listened. Buckeye Career Center is now offering certified nail technician as an adult education program. This 216 hour course begins in November and will run Tuesday through Thursday evenings from 5 to 9 p.m. Learn manicures, pedicures, infection control, salon operations, and more. Other part-time certification courses starting this fall include phlebotomy and welding. Call 330-339-2288 to register or visit BuckeyeCareerCenter.org for more information. The Furby Electric Supply Company has bright ideas for your home. Save money by converting to energy-efficient electrical products or add ambiance with beautiful lighting features. It begins with a professional consultation and a visit to the Furby Lighting Showroom. Then certified Furby contractors complete your project right and on time. Since 1934, four generations have built a reputation of quality and trust, and they offer emergency services too. Just visit Furby.com. That's F-U-R-B-A-Y. The Furby Electric Supply Company. It takes a lot of practice to have a winning team. Alban Title has over 100 years of combined experience handling real estate, title, and escrow transactions. They serve Tuscarawas, Stark, Carroll, Harrison Counties, and more. 
So choose Alban Title for your next home refinance, sale, or purchase. They'll get it done quickly and professionally. Contact Alban Title at 330-334-5800 or visit their website, albantitle.com. Let them put their experience to work for you. And we welcome you back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch Spinell and Mitchell Bala here. We just got done talking uh, with Fairless High School coach A.J. Sarbaugh. Uh, of course, uh, uh, the Falcons open the season this coming week against the Sandy Valley Cardinals. Mitch, obviously, it was a great talk with coach. Uh, what were some of your favorite things that he kind of touched on uh, as we head into this week's opener? I mean, look, he answered a lot of our questions very well. He was an awesome guy to have on this podcast. And I'm very interested to see how you replace the production out of the backfield from last year from Campbell. And, you know, he touched on that. You have two sophomore backs now that got to watch Campbell last year. I mean, you talk about a guy that did it all. I mean, especially on special teams, he was electric for the Falcons last fall. But at the same time, you return your quarterback, you return two all-Ohio wide receivers. Fairless is going to be a lot of fun to watch, Mitch. And it's a school that a lot of people sometimes, I think, don't really associate around here for some reason. Maybe it's because they are a little out of the way, but... Fairless is going to be a team that, you know, if they stay healthy and they play the style they want to play, they're going to be a dangerous team and probably a team you don't want to see come the end of the high school football season into the playoffs. Yeah, it'll be very competitive uh, between Fairless and many of the other schools in the uh, Principals Athletic Conference here this upcoming season. Uh, now we want to kind of go into some high school football talk because, as we mentioned before, Thursday and Friday are many of the opening days for these upcoming teams. And, Mitch, when you look at some of the schools, Tuscarora Stark, I mean, we've talk, kind of been talking about them off air for the last few weeks, but who are some of the schools that you believe are the ones to keep an eye on? We uh, And it's kind of tricky because when you go into week one for the first few weeks of the season, a lot of the guy, a lot of guys may not be coming back due to graduation. You don't know who you're going to have coming up from the freshman, sophomore, and junior class. But who are some teams that you believe people should be going uh, to be checking out the, this upcoming season, whether it be at the games or in the papers? Well, let's start with the first uh, The first team I'm going to say is a team you're going to be able to find on Big Time Sports as Big Time Sports will be there Friday when the Lake Blue Streaks travel over to Alliance. Mitch, the Aviators and scrimmages this far have looked great. You talk about can't always take a whole lot away from scrimmages, but this is a team that came over to Jackson a few weeks ago, hung with Jackson, and then went to North Canton Hoover the next week, a team that won the 2021 Federal League title and were, was up 30-6 to six at halftime. Alliance returns a lot of players. A lot of question marks for Alliance that, you know, they seem to have figured out already. That's a team I'm looking for. Another team, the Green Bulldogs, a team that made it to the state Final Four last year that returns one starter at a skill position on offense. And it's Trey Martin's younger brother, Antonio Martin. And Mitch, he's very athletic, does a lot right. But you have to replace a lot of production, not just from Trey Martin, but from everybody else on the offensive side of the ball for the Green Bulldogs. And the last team in, in my big three, the Ken McKinley Bulldogs, they had a lot of turmoil last season, and I thought they really weathered the storm. Now, granted, a lot of people are disappointed. They did not win the game that matters the most. When you talk to McKinley Bulldog fans and dropping the game in their historic rivalry, uh, and you know, I won't even say the other school's name because I don't want to upset McKinley fans, but at the same time, this is a team that had a lot of question marks. They do return Keaton Road at quarterback, uh, Sincere McNeil as well. And with Coach Hall there now having his second full offseason with the team but less turmoil, what do the Bulldogs have in store? You know they'll always be physical. You know they'll always have some players that are going to be tough to stop or even slow down. Can Canton McKinley make a run for a Federal League title this year and get back to where they want to be as a high school program? I'm going to say it. It's Maslin. I'm just, I was, I was <laughs> going to say 
You didn't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. But uh, no, I am excited about Canton McKinley this year. And uh, Green, you mentioned um, those are a lot of schools that could compete very well in Stark. And Stark is usually a very competitive uh, uh, area already, uh, including Tuscarawas, where you go down and you see some of the schools that are going to be competing whether it be in the IVC, whether it be schools like Dover and New Philadelphia, who are obviously going to be very uh, hotly competitive this year, especially in Week 10 when we get the big rivalry game uh, this upcoming upcoming fall. And then the schools that I am very curious about, and another school that, you know, I didn't mean to do this on purpose, but it, we do actually have a, a game up here coming in in just a few weeks here on Big Time Sports, and that is the Garraway Pirates. Uh, the Garraway Pirates, uh, obviously undefeated finish in the regular season last year. A pretty considerable run going into the playoffs. Unfortunately, fell short of the state playoffs, or the state finals, I should say. But you return a lot of the key pieces on offense. You've got guys like Logan Yoder potentially in the mix, Alex Roden, who can be very, very quick and very, very effective for a Bucks team. And a lot of the IVC kind of has to had to play catch up last year, and it might be more of the same this year. Although obviously the IVC South is a very stacked division. You have Garraway, you have Ridgewood, you have Sandy Valley, Indian Valley potentially, and then Claymont, Tuskegee Valley. You can I can kind of see as wild cards here. And I'm looking at the North too. Malvern had a great finish last year. A lot of the guys pretty younger this year, but it'll be interesting to see where they stack up. And then schools like East Canton, who made a very solid run to the playoffs for the first time in many years last season. You also got teams like Buckeye Trail and Tuscar Essential Catholic in the mix. So I'm very excited to see where those schools will go for the upcoming year. And once again, you can check out the uh, most recent schedule, uh, I believe, on BigTimeSportsOhio.com and all of our social platforms. So when we come on back, we'll actually be going more into high school football as we sat down with another guest uh, that's also relevant to this week's uh, opener for the high school football season. Stay with us after these messages. If you're purchasing a new home, the team at Hartzler's Quality Housing is here to help. Take advantage of record low interest rates to make your new home a reality. Locally owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's Quality Housing has the experience to guide you through the process. You'll find a wide selection of model homes on site to fit any budget. Open six days a week just off I-77. You can also visit them online at Hartzlers.com. Hartzlers Quality Housing. Quality from start to finish. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world. Get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. Hard work is something you're accustomed to. Van Nostren Young understands that principle. Our access is achieved with organizations like Grange Insurance, Safety and prevention specialists utilize our VanCan assessments process to ensure that you and your colleagues are in the best hands. You want the safest environment for your business, and we can guide you there. Call Van Nostra and Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. You deserve the best, and at Ferris Chevrolet Buick Cadillac Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, 
Think Ferris. And we're back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch Spinell and Mitchell Bala here to give you the latest in high school, collegiate, and professional athletics. Now, we're going to stay in high school athletics as we go over now to our second interview this past week. We sat down with the head coach of the Sandy Valley Cardinals football team, Brian Gamble, and we'll take a look here. Coach Gamble, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, obviously, Sandy Valley, a member of the IVC, with Ga- Coach Gamble going into, I believe, his sixth season uh, in Magnolia. So, Coach, as the season comes to its beginning here soon one of the youngest uh sandy valley rosters in your tenure so far i believe only two seniors heading into this year uh many young guns coming up to try and regroup and do a lot of what sandy valley was able to do last year against some top competition where do you see this team uh starting out uh from the start of camp just a few weeks ago all the way to uh the first kickoff here this coming week well you know i guess the best way to put it you know i i I come from a baseball family, you know, and they're like a, like a brand new glove. You just got to break them in the way that you need to break them in to see it fit. And, uh, these guys have worked hard the entire time from all the way through December from 6 a.m. lifts to our, uh, our, our off season stuff from, you know, going all the way from school endings, 6 a.m. to our June conditioning and our, our July camps and, and then going into our tour days in August, these guys have, have all shown up. These guys have all worked their tails off, and they're really trying to keep the torch going. And uh, they're taking the reins on it. You know, we, we joke around quite a bit that, uh, you know, age is just a number, you know. And uh, these guys, you know, they, they, you know, they look around at each other like, who is going to be our leaders? We're molding a lot of these guys to be the leaders. And, you know, these, these guys are really stepping up to be that. And uh, we're real excited about that. And we know, you know, Pretty much, we know whatever happens this year, good, bad, ugly, and great, it's going to be, we know most of them are coming back, you know, all, maybe, maybe all 22. And uh, so that's something something unique, um, something that I've, in my 14 years at Sandy and my six years as the head coach, it's, it's something um, something new. And uh, But it is something that we're embracing and you know, we're learning and growing all together with. Now, Coach, I had a question here that I was prepared to ask towards the end of this interview, but you, you hit a couple things that, and it's the reason I'm going to ask this, right? You, you mentioned you come from a baseball family. We know what, what you guys are all about over there at Sandy Valley and, and keeping it as a family. And, you know, I had the privilege to play for your brother over at Jackson. And, and so now it, it, it brings me to ask this question because I've got to see the dynamic in a dugout between your brother Bill and, and your father Frank. Uh, to my knowledge, though, your dad, Frank Gamble, is on your mm-hmm. staff and has been in years past. And just, I, I kind of wanted to ask what, what's that like? What's the dynamic like on the field for you versus, you know, in the dugout with your brother uh, and him, you know, just how much fun is it to have your dad on the sideline and what kind of experience and, and lessons is he able to provide for all the young players? I mean, these, the lessons are, are, are lessons that are, that we grew up with, you know, they're, they're foundational pieces that, you know, we, we, we came from a coaching family, you know, dad was, you know, when he was in season and stuff, dad was, dad was gone or, or we were at their practices and, and he'd come home and leave it, leave it on the field. And those are life lessons that I'm learning, you know, as a, as a young father and a, and a husband as well. And, uh, I just having those things around, um, just, just every day, you know, I, I can repeat things in my mind that I know he's, he's instilled upon me and instilled upon my brother, Bill. And, 
And, uh, you know, those, those are, those are life pieces in, in life. And, uh, those are, those are techniques that I use as a mental game, you know, as, as far as, you know, the good and the bad, they, you, you put those together though, and you, you're able to get through the day, um, with that, you know, and just having them on the sidelines and having them around, uh, just for advice, um, just cause he's been through it. And, uh, it's, it's been absolutely just, it, it's awesome. It, it's a, I'm very, I feel very blessed, very, very blessed. Um, and, uh, you know, literally I'm having this conversation with you, with this interview with you, and he is calling my phone as we speak. So speak of the devil, but no, he's, uh, he's always, uh, he's always attention to detail. That's number one. Um, you know, and that's what I really picked up on, you know, just being, you know, just, you know, doing it in a professional aspect, you know, just every single thing, every, every, try to dot every, every I across every T and check every box. That's, that's, that's him. And that's, that's what we try to do here is to make sure everything is cleaned up. No questions. Everybody knows what they're doing at all times. Um, and it's very, we're very structured, very structured family, very structured programs. And it's, uh, we just abide by that, you know, in every day in, in our everyday aspects of life. Well, coach, you're going into this year coming off a six and five finish and a playoff appearance in 2021, a, a six and five finish that, from what I saw last season, it, the record didn't always represent what I saw on the field from you guys because you had a lot of competitive matchups against some very good teams. One in particular was a huge victory last season in Magnolia against, uh, I believe, then undefeated Malvern. And when you see the guys that you have uh, that are going to be leading your team this year, particularly the named uh, captains that you just had, if I believe you have Chad Davis, uh, Nick Petro, Andrew Neary, you got uh, Lucas Dogerty in there as well. What was the process going into this year that led you to pick those particular players to be named as captains for the Cardinals squad? Well, you know, captains, is, it, it's, a, it's an honor, number one. It is a title, um, and I think we have more than those. Um, but th- these are the guys that we let, we let our team kind of vote, um, you know, kind of get a feel after all the way through camp leading up to um, close to picture day when we've already been through two days and all that stuff. Um, and then we get, we get a good sense as far as what who's really taking on the reins with that, but it's uh you know again it's voted on by by our by our team and it's a uh, it, it is an honor because I mean they were the team chose those guys and it's it's a big deal but we have we have other guys too you know that underclassmen juniors that are really pushing for that Trent Russell and and uh, Troy Snyder and Chapin Greer those guys are really you know they're they're not named captains but boy they are leaders so it doesn't matter. You know, but uh, with that concern, but I, I yeah, I, I think that you know, just the leadership thing for us because we're so young. It's just grooming these guys to how to be a leader. You know, a lot of everybody you named, but one of them are juniors. You know what I mean? They're usually, it's your seniors that've been through it, that, that have the experience, that, that take on the rain, and that they can handle they handle the locker room. You know, those are your your experienced, seasoned seniors. You know, but you know, we're we're doing it with guys that are, you know, that are juniors. But again, age is a number. A lot of those guys played as freshmen. And uh, like I said, they have, they have years under their belt. It's just younger years. And now, Coach, one of those captains that we just talked about and one of the four players that Mitch named is junior quarterback Nick Petro that actually just appeared on the Canton Repository's Greater Canton Top 10 uh, 2022 high school quarterbacks list. Uh, this is a... Now coming into his junior year as a sophomore, he completed 66% of his passes last year. How great and, and how, how has the offense looked so far in camp knowing that you have somebody coming back with experience already and how excited are you knowing you have this season and next season with him still? 
I mean, his development from from going into his sophomore year was was big strides, but it's been even bigger strides this this offseason, his junior year. It helps too. He also grew two inches. He was six one. Now he's six three. He's one of the tallest kids on my on my team. He's he's been working out. He was working out with uh, Coach Tom McDaniel's in the off season in his throwing program and quarterback school. And uh, obviously, my dad's been coaching him you know, all all around too with uh, with quarterbacks. And uh, I tell you what, his his progression with his processing information, uh, his leadership skills, is is verbally and and on the field. First guy in, last guy out. Um, just you know, setting the bar for everybody else. You know, he's kind of been that guy that's just been our, our, our horse, so to speak. And uh, he's done a really good job of working. And um, he's done a good job of uh, of uh, just processing information, getting our y- other younger guys, younger skill guys, even offensive line, everybody, uh, just to make sure they're in the right spots. And, you know, you know they're, he's, you know, took on our playbook early. And he's been – he has everything memorized frontwards and backwards. And, uh, you know, he really gets everybody in line and makes sure everybody's on board. And he does, he hosts um, throwing sessions with guys on, on days off. You know, he brings them all in the field to, to work with them to time them up because every guy's a little bit different. So he knows that, you know, if it's a back shoulder throw, if they got to throw it in the front or whatnot. Um, just the little techniques, things, the things that, that, that tweak to make, you know, good players great. And uh, he's really taking those steps. Well, Coach, obviously, Beecher will have uh, many new new guys to uh, throw to from juniors on down. I mean, with the loss of a player like Mason Tucci, who was one of the top uh, receivers and returners last year, uh, c- can you tell us about some of the guys that uh, you see coming up that could be impact players uh, in the receiving core for Sandy? Absolutely. Um, you know, we have a couple of returning starters with uh, three returning starters at the wide receiver position um, with, with uh, Chapin Greer, another big body guy. Um, he, play, he plays mainly outside. Um, he's a six-two kid that goes up and gets the ball. He's, he's vertical is very, very good. And uh, again, I already mentioned his leadership skills and work work ethic. Um, we have <laughs> Troy Snyder. Uh, Troy Snyder is a nut, is a returning starter at free safety, and he's also um, an, uh, one of our outside receivers. He's another one that's um, a very <laughs> Very good with uh, going to go get the ball, and then we have Lucas Gillen. He is a um, um, he is our one of our slot receivers. He started for me as a freshman last year. Uh, he was one of one of the, fr- the freshmen to, to to play almost every down at the uh, at the F position, which would be our number three or our slot position. But then now he's groomed into an, a different slot position, and uh, he's he's a he's a dog. Uh, we really really like him. I think he's going to be very special, real long, real fast. Kind of like Mason, but a little taller. Um, but he's uh, we really really like him. And then um, Anthony Ross is another one that we've he's played a little bit at corner as a freshman. He played a little bit at receiver um, later in the year when we got guys banged up. Um, so he, another guy has some experience. And then we have uh, Jason Morse um, is another guy. He's a junior, and uh, he's a guy that's really pushed and really developed. Had a really he went to states and and. Uh, um, at that long jump position, he was he was he was close to making that in, in, in track. He's a really athletic kid, uh, scrappy. You know, likes blocking, likes to do the dirty work. You know, all that stuff. That's pretty cool. So they uh, those guys. You know, it's a it's a fun unit. Um, you know, we have other guys too that I haven't mentioned, but uh, they these guys. You know, they 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 take pride in it. They have their own group, their own core, their own their own. I don't know. It's like their own language almost. They they just kind of hover together and kind of know that, you know, they try to, you know, they try to dominate whoever tries to guard them. So it's, uh, 
it's you know it's a group, but it's also a young group. I mean, everyone I, I mentioned that we have about three three juniors and and sophomores. You know what I mean that are in there, but uh, they're but they're also a group that you know they they believe in themselves. They're long, they're lanky, they can go up and get the ball, um, and they're they're bigger targets. And I, I you know we like that. We kind of understand we're just understanding spacing now, and um, we're just get, starting to get to that point. And um, I tell you, these guys work really hard. Sandy Valley head football coach Brian Gamble is our guest. Coach, you guys will kick off the season, one of the few teams in the state of Ohio to get the 2022 season underway here on a Thursday night when you guys host Fairless. And, you know, I we have your schedule in front of us, but just kind of talk about, you know, how excited you are and your staff and the players and, you know, getting the season started, knowing that you get to go out there in pads, hit another team when it counts instead of scrimmages, but just how much fun it's going to be to open the season at home on a Thursday night under the lights. I mean, it's, it's pretty special for, for small schools, you know, out there to, to go and, and uh, you know, to go and get to open up, you know, especially in Stark County, it's, it's very special. You know, it's, it's something that myself and I know Fairless and, and coach Sarball, we take very pride in. It's a build up for it. We know we're kind of, we're not a little bit in the limelight because we are, you know, the, one of the you know rarest ones to play earlier and uh you know we we embrace that we like that and you know we we kind of we've been doing it now for the past six years and it's been um it's been like a now it's, it's kind of well oiled especially when it's week a week one thursday um as far as our preparation for it and uh you know we, we we're just real proud of it and we just like to put you know our, our small schools on, on notice you know what i mean and i, I think it's a it's a, it's a win for everybody well, once again, Coach Brian Gamble here with us uh, from Sandy Valley. Before going into the this uh, regular season here for high school football, and when Coach, when you look at some of the uh, matchups that you have in the Inter Valley Conference this year, are there any particular uh, dates that come to mind? Like any particular squads you're really hyping your guys up uh, to be facing here on the IVC South schedule? I mean, when you have 42 guys and you only have two seniors, uh, every game, <laughs> every single one is the biggest game of their lives. You know what I mean? So it's not a, uh, we, we don't circle calendars, man. We just circle what day you got to show up the next day and get to work. Coach, one thing I want to ask you, and you know, it's, it's a pretty cool honor that you got to have early this summer before you maybe started camp with your team, but uh, you were the head coach and you led the East team in this, uh, this year's East West all-star game that took place at Tom Benson hall of fame stadium. What was that experience like for you? And were you able to take any lessons uh, from that that you're able to, you know, take back to Sandy Valley to your staff and, and kind of give to your players? Oh man, it's just what an honor and a great experience that was to have, you know, um, hall of famers, you know, on our sidelines and uh, be able to, you know, practice, you know, at the practice fields and then to go play the game at Tom Benson stadium first time in, in a long time since, uh, you know, since it was played at Glen before that previously. And, uh, I tell you, it, it's just been, it, it's been an awesome event. I, I really embraced it. I, I played it, at, you know, 20, was it 21, 22 years ago. And, uh, you know, I was able to, I was able to play in it. And I actually played against Geis, who was the head coach of the, uh, of the West. He's the head coach at Green. Um, and uh, we, we played against each other. I was playing for the West. He was playing for the East. So it's just crazy how uh, life comes in circles. But it, it was just, it's a fun thing. And it, it, it's great that you can have, What's really cool is that you have uh, other head coaches on your staff. I had, you know, Coach Brian Baum from Hoover and, I, and uh, Tim Goodman from Alliance. Um, you know, I, I had all those 
those guys. And I, I thought that those, those guys just picking their brain and everything, um, I was able to just be able to learn a little bit, you know what I mean? And that, that's, that's, it just, you pick up things like that. And that's something that's, uh, that's something that's, um, just valuable. And it's, it's something that's, you know, we, 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 we embrace for sure. And uh, that, that part, that part was really cool. And uh, I really like the fact that, um, I, I just, just to be around and, and get to meet these players, these seniors and everything else. And, um, just to meet everybody. I thought that was pretty neat. Well, coach, we really appreciate your time this afternoon and we wish you guys the best of luck as you guys will kick off the 2022 high school football season on Thursday, August 18th, when you guys hope, host the fearless Falcons over at Sandy Valley. Uh, we really appreciate your time today and we wish you nothing but the best of luck heading into the 2022 season. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You guys do a great job and uh, just thanks for everything you guys do for high school sports and uh, especially for us. No problem at all. Our pleasure. Thank you so much, coach Gamble. Great stuff there from coach Gamble and uh, a very good sit down. Once again, Sandy Valley and fairless squaring off in week one of this upcoming uh, uh, opener opening week rather for the high school football season in the area. So when we come on back, we'll be going into our final segment here, which I want to touch on baseball a little bit because some big news, obviously this past week. And of course we have to cover Cleveland who has uh, been a very competitive streak right now, uh, especially on the road. So we'll come on back first. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget, guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Trying them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. Fall is in the air and part-time career enhancement courses at Buckeye Career Center are on the horizon. Registration is now open for introduction to beekeeping, basic small engine repair, and sign language. These part-time offerings run on Tuesday evenings and begin in November. Let Buckeye Career Center help you learn a new skill or advance your current skill set. Call 330-339-2288 for more information or to reserve your seat in one of these or our other part-time classes. If you're looking for a new or pre-owned car or truck, why not see the Parkway Auto Group? Parkway is a special group of automotive experts with eight brands to satisfy your needs. Come see the difference at the Parkway Auto Group on Commercial Parkway in Dover. Eight brands and one family. It's Parkway Auto Group. Where you matter. You matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter, and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. Alt Care. Alt Care, Alt Care. Where you matter. And we're back here for our final segment here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch Spinell and Mitchell Bala here to give you the latest in sports. We're going to go over to baseball now, where the Cleveland Guardians have had a very competitive stretch, especially in the last week. Now, the Guardians, after splitting a four-game series, I believe, against the Houston Astros at home, the team went out on the road first to Detroit, in which they swept the Tigers, then went across the border, except James Karinchek, to take on the Toronto Blue Jays. 
the Blue Jays and Guardians split the first two games, and I believe the, the Guardians are up 3-1 to one right now as we're recording this, so we'll yep. see if Cleveland can hold on. The team has won six out of the last seven, uh, Mitch, as they had their winning streak snapped yesterday. This pitching staff especially has looked very solid. The starting rotation has looked like the team that we kind of expected uh, for a good portion of this year, although some pitchers like your Tristan McKenzie's, like your Shane Bieber's, and even your Cal Quantrill's have kind of gotten off to sort of rocky starts, but they've especially looked very good over the last week, just eating innings and not needing the bullpen as much as they may have had earlier in the season. No, you're absolutely right, and Think back to preseason, right? When we were talking and thinking about the 2022 season, you said to yourself as a Cleveland Guardians fan, the pitching is the backbone of this team. Your starting pitching is going to be what carries you. Now, obviously, that hasn't been the case, but the bright spot has been the bullpen in some spots and this young roster picking up the pitching. And right now, you're starting to see the starting pitching get going, and that's awesome. Even today, before we were recording this episode, Shane Bieber was in a lot of trouble in the first inning. He Wiggled out of it, only giving up one run, and that's what you need your ace to do. Even on days they don't have their best stuff, minimize damage. And he did just that against a very dangerous and potent Blue Jays lineup. But Mitch, you're right. McKenzie and Bieber, for the most part, have been your most reliable pitchers all year. Savali, he's finally back. Hopefully he stays healthy and can yep. go back to the form that that we want him to be and what we've seen before. Please, Zach, pitch very well against Detroit. Unfortunately, another no decision. He's 2-10, and, and that record... I know, you know, if pitcher gives up a run and they lose one nothing, it's his loss, but I believe he is in the bottom five of the most run support across all of Major League Baseball this year for pitchers that, you know, qualify for X number of games started. So just a tough break for him. But then even Cal Quantrill, he's been really hot. He's had some rocky starts, but if he can be your number three and pitch like he did the other night against Toronto, Mitch, they're going to have a top three rotation. And if they make it into the postseason, I'm going to like their odds against anybody and the young kids just keep coming up clutch again. This is so awesome to see. Now you have a uh, Freeman up here. Who's giving Jose the day off today at third base. Ramirez is still in as designated hitter, but he's even stepped up in some big spots and delivered a couple nice plays defensively, a couple big hits, Gonzalez, Quan, the list goes on and on. It's so refreshing and awesome to see. And every day that goes by, I keep checking those standings and seeing what the, what the distance is between the twins and Minnesota and maybe what a magic number looks like because Mitch, I'm not going to lie to you. When I watched the Browns on Friday night in the preseason game, I switched over to the guards after about the first quarter and watched them because they're in a okay. playoff race right now. Okay, so I was at the station on Friday night having to go through every single bit of audio that was going on during the broadcast. And I was and I, as I was watching the game on television, I, I kept finding myself noticing the other television in the back of the studio, the one TV that had the Guardians on because we wanted to also record the footage for that. And we were and I was just thinking, like, I'm, I'm kind of watching this more now. First of all, the game counts. Right. It's a regular season game. It's, it's not a preseason game. No offense to the preseason. Personally, it's just you know and then number two i was thinking like we we're just you know jose we were just taking jose barrios hit after hit yep. run after run and we were up eight nothing by what the third fourth inning fourth which is crazy and and you see how this team is able to build its offense not so much on the long ball now granted the long ball i think is not being as popularized in the last few seasons as it had been for the, most of the last decade which it caused a huge uh, home run to strikeout rate, and it, it it basically became like home run or bust for like the last few uh, 
previous few years. And then over time, we've seen a couple of other teams build their way back into fundamentals, buntings, base stealing, you know, finding ways to create runs rather than just power through them. And the Guardians can really do something special with that. You have a guy like Jose Ramirez, who's a top 10 MLB uh, all-star. And then you also have some younger guys who have really been stepping up. You got Stephen Kwan, obviously, who got hot early in the year. Luke Maley, for some reason, has been on a, a tear recently as this sort of fill-in guy, Hedges which too. I'm very fascinated by. Hedges, too. He has two RBIs today. Okay, give, give Austin Hedges his, his flowers as well. Hedges has come on a little bit. I've always been kind of weary about Hedges in the lineup, not so much in the field, but in the lineup. But he has had some spurts over the season that uh, have been interesting to me. And, of course, one and a half games ahead of the Twins heading into today. And I don't know about the Twins score, but as I look that up. have not started yet because they are in uh, Los Angeles against the Angels. So, No, no, the the Royals are in Los Angeles. No, I'm sorry, Anaheim, I guess, against the Angels. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just saw the score just, there, and it said just Dodgers. typical for me to right. say L.A. Angels, so sorry. They are, you know, whatever. They're playing the Angels right L- now. L.A. doesn't even take the Angels. Yeah, it's, no. That's all, that's all Anaheim. I, I Very wanna, nice stadium. I've never been go there. Ahead. I would like to go. Um, I want to touch on one thing you said, right? This mm-hmm. team, I believe, at least last week, they were 29th in baseball when it comes to home runs as a team. But yeah. this team with a win today would improve to 30 and 24 versus teams over 500 this season while being bottom, literally bottom in terms of home run hitting. And Mitch, I think there's one thing that people don't, don't really think about. We have a new hitting coach this year and it's Chris Felica. And I, I look every coach, no matter what level it is, has a very hard job to do. And I was just kind of done with Ty Van Berkeley because you saw the same thing over and over and over and nobody was really making changes. I don't want to say money ball, but Chris Velika has come in here telling guys we need to get on base and just get base hits, line drives, hard hit balls. Let's get them on, get them over, get them in. And I think that's a reason you're seeing these young guys excel so much because the young guys are buying in. You see it all the time with new coaches across all sports. If you have a veteran-laden team and you get a coach in there that wants to do something they're not used to doing, they have a hard time buying in. If you have a team that's the youngest in all of Major League Baseball and youngest or younger than some minor league baseball teams, those guys know they're playing for a spot to be on that roster for their future and they're going to buy in and you've seen them buy in. And Jose Ramirez is a superstar. He is one that does not have an ego. He has bought in. It is so refreshing to see because we were in a spot where if you couldn't hit home runs, you weren't winning games because every, right? Chicks dig the long ball, puts fans in the seats when you put the ball out of the yard, blah, 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 blah. The Guardians are trying to rewrite that and change it right now, and hopefully they can stick to it because it is very refreshing to see as a baseball fan, and it's just fun to watch. It absolutely is, and we'll see where the Guardians end up uh, about a month and a half now at this point, uh, late in the regular season. Now, another team that I'm very curious as to where this is going to go, and granted, this team I I still think is talented enough to overcome such a major issue, but these San Diego Padres, man, you you lose – one of your key guys in Fernando Tatis, who uh, was suspended uh, 80 games after testing positive for a uh, an illegal performance-enhancing drug, uh, close to ball, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, that was in violation of the pre- Drug Prevention and Treatment Program for Major League Baseball. Now, Tatis uh, is not appealing suspension because he said it was a uh, part of a medication to treat ringworm. But now we're seeing him lose this the rest of the season, he's done. And when you see 80 games, you're like, oh, that's kind of an interesting one. But it's essentially this year 
and then half of next year. So he's going to return at some point middle of 2023. I mean, if you're a Padres fan, player, manager, supporter, I mean, that has to be the, the hardest of like one of the biggest blows to the stomach when you see a guy like that make a mistake like that. And now he has to pay the, uh, pay the price for it. And it's a mistake that's preventable more times than not. Right. And, and it re- really sucks is because we've seen players of, of just the top of the baseball be busted before for PEDs. And you've seen some guys be busted before. You're like, I don't even know who that is. And you find out he's barely played in the majors. And it's tough because you always hear everybody. I didn't know I took it. I didn't know what I put into my body. And that's tough because a lot of these guys really do monitor what they put into their body. And so you want to give some the benefit of the doubt. And there's other ones that are just like, dude, you knew what you were doing. And you can go through history. And I'm not going to name names because I think it's obvious for some players in years past. But you mentioned, what do the fans think? What does the, the front office think? His players think, well, I have, a, I have a quote right here from former Cleveland Indian, Mike Clevenger, yep. when he was being talked about being disappointed. And it was in quote, it's more than just about him right now. End quote. This is mm-hmm. a team. Let's not forget, he has not played yet this season for the San Diego Padres Major League team. He was on his rehab assignment when he got popped right now. He was in a motorcycle accident in the offseason that caused, I believe, wrist surgery, a couple of complications. This is a team that's played without him all season. They can get by without playing. They can get by with him not playing still, but it's a huge blow. You're talking about one of the most electric players in baseball. I don't care if you think he's good or not. He is by far one of the most electric players in baseball that you like to watch play because he plays with such heart and emotion, and it's a blast to watch. He plays shortstop, which is one of the most glorified positions on the field. But I think somebody like Mike Clevenger, let's not forget, Mitch, Clevenger's had his own issues in the past, and part of the reason he's in San Diego, not Cleveland anymore, when he left the hotel during the 2020 season, for him to come out and say something like that, I think says a lot because he's somebody that screwed up before, and he saw what happens when you screw up. And now you're talking about your all-star shortstop. I don't care where you put him, top five, top 10, whatever you do, but you're talking about a game-changing player, both offensively and defensively, that you're missing the rest of this season and the starter next season. And unfortunately, it's on the 23-year-old. Yeah, the 23-year-old who, signed, of course, signed that massive uh, 14-year extension uh, just a couple uh, months back. I believe, what was it, 340? $40 million. So, so him, that's a big one. Him and Machado uh, between the two have over $640 million of the Padres payroll tied up just between those two players. So yeah, it's about between three, and three forty. And you're basically getting Juan Soto now for, as a rental for like two years. Yep. I mean, who knows if you can even pull that off. Uh, but the Padres are still in second place. They're still considerably ahead of the teams like San Francisco and Arizona, who I'm, counting out of the race at this point. They're not going to catch the Dodgers who are having one of them, another historic run in the regular season. It feels like at this point, that's always the narrative <laughs> and they've only been, they've only capitalized once in 2020 for the world series, but there'll still be a juggernaut heading into October and we'll see where it goes from there. So uh, yeah, I believe that is all we have. Well, for I, big time sports. Go ahead. I wanted to ask you one thing and I just felt like it kind of deserves some, some recognition. I don't know if you saw it, but the Colorado Rockies this week called up a outfielder who has been yes. in the minors for over 11 years. And his name is yes. Winton Bernard. He made his debut on Friday night, a 31-year-old. And mm-hmm. it, it's funny, because if you do go through Twitter comments sometimes, and there's people, why are you bringing up a 31-year-old? Let's get the young guys, you know, some experience. Uh, I actually know somebody that's best friends with Winton Bernard that actually lives in the area. 
And yep. she was just extremely emotional. And it was so cool to see because we had this talk a few weeks ago. You know, when do guys usually get called up? And I said, you know, if they're having great seasons, they generally get called up in September for September call-ups. And sure enough, an injury happened. And this is a player that was player of the month for the division he's in. I believe it was in New Mexico. Uh, trust me, minor leaguers have some weird team names. So it's hard for me to remember what his team name was. But this guy was player of the month, multiple player of the weeks. He's been in the minor leagues for 10 years. He has played independent ball in Mexico uh, for two seasons. And it just, I, I just want to make sure I just put it out there. You talk about somebody chasing after something and chasing after a dream. Like that is, it's so cool to see. It's so rewarding. I don't even know the guy personally, but I was, I found myself rooting for him. I got on MLB TV and watched it, but uh, a lot of inspiration for people out there, whether you're a baseball player or not. And I just thought it was so cool to see a 31 year old finally accomplish what he had been going after. And a lot of people are always like, Oh, why are you still doing it, dude? You're not going to make it right. You're not a top prospect. You've been told no your entire life. And he finally did it. And now he's up in the majors. He got his first big league hit a stole's first base and he scored his first run all in the same game in which the Rockies beat the Diamondbacks five to three. So uh, really cool to see a story like that. And you see it every once in a while, but Wanted to make sure I gave uh, Winton Bernard of the Rockies a big shout out there. Absolutely. And you get those statistics uh, in your first game. You basically put your ink in the, the history books of Major League Baseball and it stays there forever. You can, Nobody can take that away from you. And uh, that's, that's a great, great inspirational story that I hope to see more of in time. So speaking of in time, you can listen to our podcast more in time. Uh, you can find it on all uh, many streaming platforms, including Spotify, Anchor, and uh, Apple Podcasts. Now, we just mentioned it earlier in the show that it is new. You can also uh, like, subscribe, hit the bell on YouTube. You can follow our show there. I might put up those individual clips of the coaches interviews just as a, their own thing, just to see if uh, we can get some of the fairless and Sandy Valley folk to uh, kind of take that in if they don't want to watch the whole show, but we do hope you watch the whole show. Um, you can also like us on Facebook, big time sports, Ohio. You can also find us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, all the, the platforms. Basically you can find myself, Mitch Spinell on Twitter. You can also find Mitchell Bala on Twitter. And uh, we also have a couple other pages, Facebook, Instagram, and the works. My page, Mitch Spinell sports is, is mine. So once again, thank you guys so much for watching. And uh, what is your random fact of the day, Bala? A crocodile cannot stick its tongue out. Really? Yeah. Oh, I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess I, I can see that. It's better than the one last week where it was a pigs can't look up basically like at the sun. Like that one, I feel like some pig could do that in like an animal farm setting. Like if he were to strangely evolve, but no, no never mind. Um, <laughs> I don't have a ball this week. Um, I, I don't have a ball like around me for this week. I, was ill prepared for the show. So here, I got this can here. I'm going to take the rest of this drink. I must, I'm going to see if I can make this in here. All right. Uh, if, imagine if I were to make this instead of the ball. Yeah. Now there's, okay, there's droplets of Red Bull on me. So thank you so much for watching uh, this week. Uh, enjoy your guys' week. And um, yeah, we're signing off here. <laughs>